Hello and welcome to Staying the Course, a podcast on navigating the challenges of lifelong learning. If you're new to the channel, do subscribe if you find this content helpful. Our guest for today is Dr. Nazri Bajuri, a senior lecturer in artificial intelligence and data science, and, and also a graduate of PhD in bioengineering and biomedical engineering from Oxford University. Hello, Dr. Nazri, how are you? Hi, Astrid, I'm good. Thank you very much. And thanks a lot for having me tonight. Is it tonight or it depends on what time you're watching this video anyways? I'll put it up this weekend, but we are recording <laughs> at night time. At least we're in the, in the same time zone for now. So, you know, guys, we are so, uh, what's the word, um, committed into this uh, course. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, in this conversation, we are interested to learn about Dr. Nazri's experience as a student at Oxford as well as how his upbringing and also academic exposure has shaped him as an educator in the field that he's in today. So, Dr. Nazri, my first question is very simple. Tell us about yourself. <laughs> All right, Ashri. To be completely honest, even though the question sounds quite simple, but to answer this, to answer that, is quite uh, challenging for me because sometimes at this age even, I'm 30 plus now, I'm still like, um, struggling to really describe who am I really but then to share with uh, you guys my our audience okay we start with uh, some information regarding my demographic information yeah so I'm from Johor from Johor I'm the seventh out of eight siblings right I'm the second boy of the family in the family uh, degree and master's in Malaysia in the field of biomedical engineering, but my, my master was in bio, biomechanics computational modeling, right? And then I did my uh, PhD at Oxford. Uh, but before that, I think it is also important for me to share that I was grew up in a family that is not like, maybe for some people, they, they thought like for those uh, who got into Oxford, normally they are quite rich and privileged in many ways. But not in my case, but not in my case. I'm actually quite surprised as well, like how in the first place, the God, the creator destined me to be at Oxford, mm. despite my background is not that, that what? The word? Uh, Privilege. Flashy. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, not nothing blinking whatsoever. <laughs> it's quite okay. But then I have to, th to be thankful uh, for my mom and dad for, the, for their courage and the fighting spirit in terms of like education and knowledge is the first thing in the family and it's just it's not just on me it's, uh on my other other siblings as well especially my sisters i've got five sisters mm. and uh, they are they are all uh, university graduated and despite we are not from the from a rich family i think that's highly uh salute to my parents so yeah from that background humbling background and then I got into a degree and master's uh, at UTM, Skudai Johor Bahru. And then because of a very good coaching and uh, I would say mentor from one of my dear supervisor back in UTM, uh, Professor Dato' Professor Dr. Rafiq. He was actually the one who really challenged me to go further and further to challenge my limit, right? Because he, he graduated from, from Imperial College London for his PhD. Nice. Not just PhD, uh, degree as well. So degree, master's, PhD at Imperial College London. Mm -hmm. And then when we, when we first met, Alhamdulillah, maybe he saw something about Nazri Bajuri, this little boy that has some potential. Like Nazri, he said, Nazri, you can go far. You can go far. 
mm. but you need uh, the right guidance and I'm here to help and I would be happy to make sure that you are way, 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 way better than me. That's what he said. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, bro. I called him uh, Dr. Rafiq, Dr. Rafiq. Then that's what he's done on me when uh, we, the moment I finished, about to finish my master's because I did my master with him. And then he said that, okay, nicely, next step, I want, to, I want you to go to Oxbridge. And then from the from from the day one, actually, he was the one like, okay, this is the process, blah blah blah, and you got this strength. You can speak. You have the brain. Just go. And I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> that's that's quite encouraging because, to be completely honest, I I never thought that uh, I I would have the courage and the gut to apply to these top universities. Mm. No, no, Ashraf, no zero zero courage zero. No, never never crossed my mind. Mm. But because of him. And another uh, classmate of mine, uh, she got uh, into Oxford as well, and and King Scholarship. But the fact that she she got like a pointer a bit lesser than mine, I was like, hang on a minute. She got into <laughs> Oxford. She got King Scholarship, and why why Nazir, you should should also try and apply to Oxford. And then I got the same opportunity. So Alhamdulillah for that. Nice. So these two events really. Uh, What's the word? Catalyst. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Expedite the, the whole process. Mm-hmm. So it's not purely because of me and my talent. No, it's all about the right environment mm-hmm. as well. So the power yeah. of mentorship and belief. Exactly, Ashraf. Fueling you, right? Huh, 100%. 100%. That is why maybe um, along this um, session, right, I would also share about a few things when it comes to like my current... Uh, dealings at the university at my own businesses and on my youtube channel as well so yeah but i think for to begin with that's nazri uh, with that background and at the moment i've been working a lot on uh, artificial intelligence and social data science so we combine social science and data science so in in, in other words there's another another term called people analytics so we combine uh, people behavior, uh, demographic data into insights, foresight, and to make sure that we could turn data not just to information or knowledge, but to wisdom as well. So that's the hierarchy of data. So that's a big goal. And that is why I've been juggling these two beautiful worlds, people and analytics. So that's me. I'm a bridge. <laughs> Connecting these two worlds. Ashraf. So- it's, it's interesting when you said that Oxford was never in sight when you were as an undergraduate student, right? No, yeah. But when I look into your journey, <laughs> who won the Vice Chancellor Award for your performance during your undergraduate study? Yeah. And then that earned you to go straight into a master's program right after um, at University Technology uh, Malaysia before mm-hmm. you flew to, to Oxford. So it's, it's, it, it appears to me that there is this drive and motivation to continuously learn um, while you were in Skudai. And now I know that um, Dr. Rafiq and your, 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 your peer uh, were some of yeah. the, the individuals that has filled you. But were your ambitions clear since you set foot on the campus in Skuda in day one, or more, or was it more of a self-discovery 
throughout the journey as you got to know yourself better academically as well as um, uh, other aspects of life. How was it? Was it clear from day one? I think it's something uh-huh. that you mentioned earlier, but talk through us this process of self-discovery as you gather the courage for you to apply for Oxford. <laughs> Thank you very much, Astrid. Yeah. Uh, when I look back, it's not just uh, from my university years, yeah? Uh, even at my primary school, secondary school, Nazri Bajuri has been a person, well, a person who who like to to hit the ceiling. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, if you know, if Nazri knew that is the the highest ceiling, so Nazri will hit it. So he's high achiever, hundred percent. Mm. That perhaps has been in my genetic. Mm. All right, uh, orang uh, so at the at, at my my at, ethnicity wise mm. so i'm like a mix of javanese and bugis okay <laughs> because i also study about this uh what human evolution when it comes to like one the, the one we were we was born right so mm. we got genetic in, influence first and then and then environment and social uh setting then we then later on we develop our identity so i would say that Genetically, I've, I've been wired that way to achieve higher and higher, right? And then degree and master's, I would say that I was exposed to a lot of academics and academicians who are like super inspiring. Mm. But Ashraf, I wasn't exposed much uh, with industrial um, experiences. So my world back then was almost completely about university and academics, right? And the, the only path ahead of me at that time was from degree, master's and PhD. That was one major factor. Second major factor is um, I knew that I need to improve my English, right? Because of my background in, in the family, none of us are very good at speaking English. Mm. Right, and English has been the, the biggest barrier for us and for me, for Nazri Bajuri, to go far and further, higher and higher. Mm. Um, and because of that, I knew that one of the, the, the most efficient way for me to really improve my English is by being or studying at a country uh, where they speak English. I and see. I'm forced to speak in English. And the fact that degree, I didn't get the opportunity, the opportunity to go abroad to, to speak English because of uh, a few reasons. Uh, and then I was like, okay, so no chance for degree at overseas, in overseas. And then I tried for master's as well. And I think that was uh, in 2009, 2009, and that was during recession. So not many scholarships uh, willing to fund my study. And then I was like, okay, never mind. I just like pursue my masters in Malaysia and then I, I tried again uh, for PhD and Alhamdulillah because of my performance uh, quite well it's quite quite good for my, during my masters and I, I would say that, that that has really helped me to get a place at Oxford and to get uh, a King scholarship and then I was like ah thanks to Allah for this because I never thought about yeah with this English and then going to Oxford University who gave birth to this Oxford dictionary, English dictionary. <laughs> who are you really, Nazri? <laughs> I was quite anxious, to be honest. 
how can I really survive and not just succeed, but to, to even survive? Mm. It was a very big question for me. And that is why my first year at Oxford, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy, I see. But then uh, I would say that um, the upbringing and my parents, the, the, the fighter spirit in them really helped me a lot. They filled me up since the very beginning of my journey as a person, as a person. So to answer your question, I would say that exposure. And then the moment I, I could speak English pretty well, and then I've got the chance to talk to many people, not just in, in academics, in academy, but in industries, in social setting, especially at Oxford. Oxford was the, I would say, the main door for me to get to know about world. Right, right. Yeah. There was the time, of, yeah. Mm, the, the, so the that's the main, yeah, changing. The, the wonderful thing about what you've just shared with me uh, <laughs> is the, the grit and, and resilience um, of continuously trying to challenge yourself. Um, the Javanese and Boogie's DNA has really <laughs> driven you because you said that you did not get the opportunity to go overseas for your undergraduate. Uh, Even for your master's, you did not. By that, you did not give up, earn a place in Oxford, earn yourself a, a King's Scholarship. So I think that's a true testament of yourself as a lifelong learner, which is being exemplified and, and driven by your grit and resilience, which you um, take energy from your surroundings. You said your parents, your, your peers, and so forth. So that's, that's a great sharing there. Alhamdulillah. Now, you went to Oxford, the oldest university in the English-speaking world, the number one university in the world, a lot of tradition, college system, a lot of culture, um, a lot of energy going on, very vibrant city as well. Very Talk true, very true. About your experience, five years you were there, 2012, 2017, you said your first year was challenging. Tell us your story in Oxford. <laughs> Oh my God, Astrid, I'm not sure if I'm ready to really <laughs> share. <laughs> Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Um, again, as I, as I mentioned just now briefly about how Oxford became the first door of, yeah, mm. for me to get to know about, not just about, my, not just about the world, but about myself as well. Yeah, okay, Alhamdulillah, when it comes to like uh, speaking English, because we know that English or language in general is like one of the key uh, factor for us to get to know about things, right? So it's the door for knowledge. So uh, because of that and the fact that Oxford, as you said, super vibrant and it's not just, it's not just about become being the oldest English, uh, what you're saying, English, English speaking country, right? But when it comes to like knowledge, not just knowledge, but the people, the scholars at Oxford, gosh. So we got static knowledge, we got dynamic knowledge and the drivers in them are super, this is my personal opinion, super mm. genuine. Mm. And they are, they are indeed fighting for that genuinity to last longer and longer. Because of course, um, the current setting, the current setting in this current world, money versus genuinity, right? Like profit making versus uh, something that, that that is super genuine, and and those professors at Oxford, they even wrote a book about how how important the university should maintain mm. this collegiate system, tutorial system, right. and despite it's highly costly, 
Mm. But when it comes to like helping people to develop, especially intellectually, mm. this is the way. To go. And it has been proven for what for more than nine hundred years now, right. right? And I myself experienced that too because I did my master's degree at uh, in Malaysia, mm. and the main difference was Ashraf. Uh, how the keyword is human touch. I see. Maybe you can guess which one has higher human touch. Mm. My previous university for degree and masters or Oxford. The answer based on my personal experience, Oxford. I was surprised, hundred percent surprised, because before getting into Oxford, I was like, ah, Oxford is like other university. They squeeze people and students to get their brains so that they can produce lots of papers, research mm. outcome, right, and to make more money and money. I was wrong. I was wrong. My supervisor, it so happened that Dr. Mark Thompson, he did his degree at Oxford, and knowing that the fact he he was educated there, and the way he supervised me, uh, when I reflect back and I and I read that book called Oxford, thanks Oxford, you taught me how to think. I see. Yeah, it's a very good book. So the book is a compilation of uh, how these professors justify. The importance of collegiate and tutorial system at Oxford mm. at Cambridge, right? Mm. To tell the uh, leaders in in these universities and in other universities about the importance of this coaching one to one relationship between professor uh, and students, right? So when I looked at Dr. Mark Thompson, he he was really practicing it to the core, right? For example, for example, uh, my first year. Uh, I was struggling uh, in many ways, not just my English, but even the way I label myself. Mm. I label myself, for example, of course, uh, imposter imposter syndrome was yeah. attacking me really badly. And then Mark told me like Nazri, come on. Um, I look at you. I knew that you have huge huge potential. Look at your masters with papers, blah blah blah, mm. and and also I remember. Very clearly, he mentioned that Najee. Uh, after a couple of months knowing you, I think one of the key to really motivate you is for us, for me as a your supervisor, is just to make you happy, to make you happy, to make you feel happy, and that's it. Once you feel happy, I can see that your productivity soaring rapidly. And because of that, he said, Najee, don't come to the lab during weekend. And please leave the lab uh, office after five thirty because I knew you work hard. You just need some rest to boost up that happiness in you. Mm. I was like, oh my god, this is so weird. This is so so weird because I've never experienced that kind of coaching or supervision back home. I and I was like, aha. So he he found the green button in me. And since then, my productivity, the way I handle things, my PhD, uh, first year, second year onwards, I enjoyed hundred percent the journey. So even stress, stress is common, it's normal. But I would say that the ability for me to convert stress into excitement, mm. pretty, pretty, pretty easy because we knew the strategy, the tips and tricks on how to do that to turn stress into excitement. And every week, I discuss with Mark and the team. Mm. So we manage, we manage to do that converging, converging stress into assignment every time. 
no wonder you are so drawn to people analytics because you spoke to me about Dr. Rafiq during your time at UTM and you spoke to me about Mark, about your time in, in Oxford. Um, the, the level of engagement that you felt with these true academics, true educators in the truest sense of the word um, was, was, was very significant, right? I don't know yeah. And I think that has experienced, that has influenced you as well in your role as a, an educator today, Nazri? Yep, 100%. Hmm. I can't be 100% like them, like Dr. Rafiq or Dr. Mark Thompson. They are superb. But I knew that throughout my life, these two figures have influenced me significantly. Hmm. Right? So I tried to, to do, I'm, I'm doing my best to be this, this figure, this energy, to at least to inspire people to the core. Like you can be you can succeed, but at the same time, be real human, and succeeding as a human, complete human being. Mm. So, so as much as much as Oxford, with all its heritage and culture and traditions, ultimately it comes down to the people who makes the experience <laughs> different and meaningful for you. So, five years there, Nazri, what? Yeah. The one most memorable moment that you could, you know, never forget or take with you forever uh, in life. Moment. I know it's a difficult question, but if you can take one or two, it'll be great. <laughs> can can I can I pick one, which is yeah, my sure. routine? Sure. My routine. Okay. My daily, my daily or weekly routine. Okay. That setting at Oxford, um, less noise in many ways. For example. Uh, yeah, for those who've been to Oxford or even Cambridge, right? Ooh. The campus, the university are super green, right? Ooh. Green with Long. the garden, Ooh. right? Uh, the energy, the, the vibrances of uh, these natures, really, I would say my, my daily routine is all, is all about me engaging with the nature. Ooh. It can be mother nature, it can be my human nature. For example, in the morning, I like to have a uh, morning run, and then I went to the office at around 9 a.m. And then at around 5.30, I hit the gym or go out, enjoy the park. And sometimes I try, I try to balance between gym and intellectual discourses, mm. right? Because at Oxford, almost, not almost every day, like every day, almost what? 30, 50, 70 debates or talks mm. or lectures mm. yeah, happened. So I took, that's why um, <laughs> earlier before this session, I told you about me. I was intentionally made my PhD longer <laughs> because of this. To enjoy Yeah. I wanted to really uh, extract knowledge and experience from all these professors and bring that experience and the knowledge to the local university. Mm. So that's what I did. I finished my lab, my, my lab work at 5.30. Normally, uh, after Asar, I will hit uh, either gym or uh, debates at Oxford Union. Wow. Uh, yeah, Oxford Union has been my, my, my best spot for me to go there, yeah, to do some work or to just enjoy some intellectual discourses. Oh. Uh, and a few other lectures at my department and my college. Uh, those are the moments that I really miss, that routine of intellectual discourses. And not just that, Asrif. 
they 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 did invite uh industrial players as well mm. once in a while yeah to see how impactful this philosophical and uh, scholastic work could impact positively into industrial uh, setting mm. so and the fact that oxford at the center and then we've got industrial park a bit out from the center right. but still the connection between these two worlds are well established mm. so to me the nucleus and the setting is just brilliant mm. it's just brilliant so they know when to where to integrate they know where to differentiate mm. they're just so smart they're just so smart and if we look into the real world impact um mm. the vaccine for example yeah right that's one great oh. example and i'm sure as uh, as an alumnus you it was a proud moment for you to see the vaccine coming out of there being made yeah. available to the world um right from from um uh, from oxford now i forgot to ask a question with regards uh. to the process of getting in um a lot of the people whom i know um have a dream of you know going to oxbridge going to the ivy league university and so forth but the process can be super challenging with the interviews the essays the uh, uh, uh reference letters and so forth how would you describe how would you summarize nazri your own process of getting into oxford this should be my first question with regards to oxford <laughs> But but now, mind we are still in this conversation. How would you describe that experience for you, um, making that leap across the um, the gates into into uh, <laughs> getting admission into Oxford? Okay, this is quite tough. And to be completely honest, the answer is not going to be straightforward yeah. because I would say that the process of me getting into Oxford or to get the offer from Oxford. Uh, it's not like what the preparation wasn't take me two weeks before the process. No, it was like way long before that, way long before that. But I would say those few significant moments that have helped me to prepare for that uh process to get into Oxford. Uh, of course, during my masters, I prepared my 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 what publications and whatnot. So on papers and on the Google Scholar. Nazri Bajuri, he has that experience and it's proven. So that's one. Second is my interview with Cambridge University. Ha ha ha. Oh okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure whether you've seen the video that I shared on YouTube. I saw. Uh, I saw uh, you have a video about the uh, Cambridge interview, right? Significant <laughs> experience, like we say, Nazri. Oh, very interesting experience. I had that experience. Uh, uh, to get into, well, Cambridge. That that interview was taking place in Singapore, and that was a face to face interview. I see. And super challenging because that professor, his name is Dr. Alexander Kabla. Ah, uh, knowing that he really, I would say, tackled my intellectual capabilities from the core. For example, the question that he asked, he started off with. Simple philosophical question first. Well, the project I knew the project so is is about mechanobiology uh, of the stem cells, right? But he didn't ask me direct on that. But he asked me about some philosophical, phenomenological environment and how I turn that into question. He asked me to come up with my own question, philosophical question, and then from that question. He asked me to like to use scientific approach to find the answer to that question, wow. right? Wow. Yeah, 
from physics from physics perspective mm. biology chemistry so these three subjects in sciences he asked me to to use these three tools to tackle to try to answer that question using scientific uh subjects right perspective and then he said okay next is for you nazri to come up with engineering solution so you got the scientific exploration right experiments one hypothesis one two three blah blah mm. so now is the time for you to engineer solution so that this engineered solution or device could be used to find the answer to the to, to your first philosophical question that you figured in yeah early on okay. that's the process philosophical question scientific exploration mm. and then we devise engineering tools Mm-hmm. to speed up the process from qualitative to quantitative mm. right and then he also next he asked me about socio economical impact mm. of this project i was like ah okay now he was actually one of the person who introduced who managed to help me to unite different types of knowledge right right philosophy science engineering socio economics and politics mm. so these five big branch of knowledge so again Oxbridge salute these professors are well trained a real academy uh, a real scholar so because of that because of that i was super prepared for because at that time i also submit my yeah for oxford as well so i used that experience uh, by the way the, the result the result of that interview uh, for cambridge instead of 3 years dr kabla dr dr kabla offered me 4 years because he oh, knew, he, he noticed that my my fundamental knowledge wasn't that strong so he said that okay nazri instead of 3 years i would recommend you to do 4 years instead first year strengthen your fundamental i was like huh that's actually quite surprising because i thought i, I failed <laughs> <laughs> but alhamdulillah because of that experience I'm like okay good so i took that experience into oxford interview written and verbal then alhamdulillah i got into oxford but i didn't choose i didn't choose Cambridge hmm. for an obvious reason because I was so ashamed <laughs> and embarrassed that's one second is yeah. second is the fact that I'm since the very beginning I'm more into people and and hmm. spiritual and emotional intelligence mm-hmm. to me IQ is good but at the end of the day it's all about heart our heart the heart set not right. just mindset right and I was exposed or been told that when it comes to like human humanity politics hmm. oxford is a lot stronger as compared right. to cambridge right. right and knowing that my field is in biomedical engineering i don't want to be too engine too engineering and dry machines and whatnot i want to have balance <laughs> between this fluidic world and structural world we, we call it fsi fluid hmm. structural integration hmm. so that is why uh oxford is more aligned to my core values as a person and and again that's an example of how you transform a challenge into an opportunity you went through the hardship of that very rigorous interview for cambridge and then turn that experience to prepare yourself to have a solid session with oxford <laughs> and and you get in now as we are moving into your youtube channel um you began about a year ago you're now at 3.5000 subscribers it has grown exponentially you are very 
productive with this uh, this this channel true to the theme of the channel is which is productivity yeah and you are a huge advocate of productivity and you have been very generous with spreading your knowledge on facebook on 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 youtube my question is nazri what is your motivation in this effort to give back what you know and always sharing knowledge that you have what is the motivation in the creation <laughs> of this youtube channel and everything else that you're doing actually in your talks and your sessions so forth Asre, thanks a lot for that question uh, and you put it in a very nice way <laughs> uh, the main real motivation of me for me doing that youtube channel with this with a niche of productivity is basically based on my own personal experience of me practicing toxic productivity <laughs> when i did my, I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, when i did my degree masters and first year of phd and i was almost collapsed wow. i felt sick yeah with very uh oh, what's the word in english um it's quite worse and critical de uh, depression oh, for example there was one moment at oxford i was intentionally trap myself I, i didn't want to meet people for like three to four days in a row wow yeah i was shaking i was shaking that was during winter mm. uh, with that with that weather outside mm. <laughs> it wasn't helpful at all mm. and because of that i was trying to like to really be an excellent student by practicing this toxic productivity for example uh you know what I try to get rid of any any human interaction because I knew that it would make me feel bad or for me not not able to to talk to people with the right English conversation conversational conversation, conversational English. So normally I turned up to the office around what 3 p.m. and then and then I stayed until what 3 a.m. in the morning. That was my habit. For the first, I would say six to nine months at Oxford first year, and the fact that I need, I was, yeah, I needed to prepare for the first year, first year proposal defense, right? And knowing that my other Malaysian friend, she failed, yeah, so she failed, and she had to 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 fly back to Malaysia, wow. and that, mm. yeah, that was really, uh, it's a wake up call for me to work a lot harder right mm -hmm. and but back then i didn't knew about this all this productivity where productivity has its own spectrum mm -hmm. like yeah it, it is like this spectrum so we have healthy productivity in the middle and at one end we have uh, toxic, toxic productivity where we use um unnecessary emotion to drive our productivity for example out of fear out of what Uh, something that is not genuine so that is toxic productivity as well and on another end which is uh, toxic productivity because of uh, driven by work so we use work to get dopamine achievement 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 until we forgot to find balance between other type of happiness hormones like so we have two, four types of happiness, happiness hormones right so we have BOSE oxytocin mm. serotonin and endorphin Back then, I was just focusing on dopamine, 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 dopamine. Okay. Until okay. I, without realizing that I sabotaging my my own body. So mm. 
I was super skinny, didn't sleep well, and my productivity went down. So, mm. but then uh, because of uh, again again I was, I was super lucky because of my my supervisor Dr. Mark Thompson. He was the one who realized that Nazri, you are very. <laughs> this is not the right way to do things. Mm. So, right the right coaching, and then that was the moment I wake up. And I dig more into the world of productivity routine, and even when you look, when you look at yeah in general people in the UK for example they are quite good in terms of like practicing this healthy lifestyle right work life balance yeah in the morning they run for example they do cycling blah blah yeah there was one moment at Oxford I bumped into this one professor he was she was one of my examiners five thirty I was actually having a break taking a break coffee break i bumped into her she was in the park running wow <laughs> i was like look at her look yeah. at her yeah. she's genius yeah. and yet she made a time to still exercise mm-hmm. and so that was a wake up wake up wake up call for me to like okay now the moment i'm back in malaysia now right and seeing these people repeating my mistake again and again practicing this toxic productivity to me, is very, very worrying, very alarming, uh, Srif. Right, right. And, and, and the fact that I'm teaching uh, this one subject at UKM called Ethics and Civilization mm. and uh, Leadership and Interpersonal Skill. So Ethics and Civilization has taught me something about me should pay extra attention and do more for my next generation to build up a better civilization for Malaysia. Wow. And that has awakened me. Like Najri, don't just limit yourself to teach at the university. You should mm. go beyond the boundary. Mm. And that was the moment I was like, huh, okay, YouTube channel is a very powerful platform. Plus, I have another friend, Dr. Aspula, who's mm. been doing YouTube for, for more than two years now. He's doing the same thing. Yeah, he's graduated from Imperial College London. Mm. Uh, similar background and exposure. And then he has proven that YouTube has helped him to reach out more people. His niche has been on auto- automotive, right? That's that his core. But mm. my core, uh, back to my core values. Right. Healthy lifestyle, biomedical engineering, by medical and wellness and fitness and I, I'm also a, a certified fitness instructor wow. so okay. yeah my field in biomechanics biomedical engineering mechanobiology and I don't want to do things out of just computer and digital I want to experience physical world as well mm-hmm. that is why I took this certificate certificate to, to have the, this hands-on experience of me dealing with a real human being in the gym and outside the gym to, to mm-hmm. practice healthy lifestyle so yeah so that's the uh, one of the biggest motivation of the, that YouTube channel. You are you are breaking many barriers here um, <laughs> because the subjects that you cover, um, it covers a wide range of topics that are not entirely common to the Malaysian demography. You're talking about going to top universities. You're talking about pursuing um, a, a passion building passion you're also talking about current issues here as well so i think when you talk about moving away from toxic productivity not merely working hard endlessly you're also talking about balance here because you're trying to um, reflect you know there's some content on travel there are vlogs and so forth so in a way i think your followers and people who are 
subscribing to the channel, following the channel, and and the number is growing, is drawn to the aspect that you have this guy. He's teaching at a, a university. He's doing people analytics, advising the industry. He's also a fitness instructor, and I think that you know it seems like juggling many things, but you are enjoying yeah. it, right? So, which I think that's that's great. So, I only have one final question for you. <laughs> But before I go to the final question, I just want to recap three points that I've gathered from the conversation uh-huh. so far. Number one, the power of belief and the right environment to really shape um, the drive and motivation of a person. You spoke about your upbringing earlier. And I thought, I thought. Yeah. Number two, the power of grit and resilience to drive somebody to reach his goals. You spoke about. Not get, not being able to go overseas for your undergraduate, for your masters, you did it for your PhD and you stretch it as long as you could, <laughs> and and really had a had a had a enriching um, a routine while you were there. And number three, and I think she's also central to this conversation, is the power of the human touch, as much as the intellectual capacity can really drive the human um, uh, capacity further. It all yeah. goes down to the emotional and how the heart connects from one to another. So, believe in the environment, grit and resilience, and also the human touch. I think it's been a very wonderful conversation so far, Dr. Nazri. Asrif, salute yeah. to you. The way you just rephrased it, super <laughs> brilliant. You are wonderful. Oof, wonderful human being. So, Kudos to you. Kudos to you, Astrid. Yes. Thank you for the kind hard to find a person like you, 100%. Who managed to write to, to wire this up into, and build, it, build this up into something very beautiful. So, well done. Well done, man. Uh, so, I'm just, I'm just drawing it from you, Dr. Nuri. So, you are smart. Very smart. So, um, you, you've gone through the academic route um, and grown as an educator. You've gone through the industrial route as well, concurrently. Yeah. You've grown yourself into a leader and you've also grown yourself into a wholesome person uh, contributing back to your family, society, community, and so forth, right? In your sharing with the almost 4,000 followers that you have on YouTube, and I'm sure there's more on LinkedIn and so forth, I'm sure there are many who aspire to one day follow the footsteps of Dr. Nazri Bajuri so if a kid comes to you and asking you for advice, I want to be like you one day, what is the answer that you would usually give for that kind of question? Whoa, whoa, this is <laughs> quite tough to answer. Advice, yeah? I have been uh, using this what quote or mojo or something, like challenge your limit. Challenge your limit. But at the same time, strengthening your core values as a human being. You know where you know you know that the sky is the limit, but you know at the same time to achieve that stability, sustainability, and resilience in life. Yeah, we have to use the power of humanity, humility in us. This is like a tree, as simple as as a tree. So well rooted but the branches are like reach out to get resources and whatnot to stay stronger, not just for the sake of survival, but to thrive as well. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that, yeah, this has been a thing that I told to many people about find, finding and working on this balance because 
the fact that Allah has created us in pairs, right? Yeah. So reaching the sky at the same time, rooting your what your your humanistic values. Yeah. So this balance has to be has to work together concurrently, yeah. right? So balance, optimization, optimum, optimum, and keep growing. If you are not keep, if you are not growing, you are dying. Yeah, mm, mm, mm. yeah. We well, we basically we we are dying eventually, right? But we we don't want to die miserably. We want to die handsomely. So yeah, keep growing and learn, and and not just do things out of surface, but find the core of things. And the core normally is where the green button is. The heart, the heart. Of human being, of product, of services, try to find the heart. That's the core of things. Yeah. Challenge your limit, but stay true to the human values, being humble and staying true to yourself from the heart. Great, fantastic. Yes. With that, Dr. Nazri, I would like to thank you for the time that you've accorded for this conversation. It has been an enriching conversation. I've learned a lot, and I'm so confident that um, the listeners would learn have learned a lot as well. I'll put a link to your um, channel as well, where the content oh. is more colorful than I'll mine. I'll be the same, man. <laughs> this your channel has been really uh, rewarding in many ways. Mm. So keep this up, man, and we should collaborate. And yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah, we should call uh, definitely. We need more of this in Malaysia. <laughs> It's great to know that we work in the same neighborhood. So, inshallah, when <laughs> Dr. Nazri will have coffee, I can't wait to see your pod or to subscribe or to follow your podcast on Spotify one day. <laughs> so, Dr. Nazri, again, yeah. my doa and best wishes for you. Thank you for your time. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Waalaikumsalam warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thanks a lot, Asrif.